here. Bye. Radio. And we are back. I hope. <laughs> we are back. Proof positive that yes, you can survive a Mercury retrograde. Um, let's see. Now, I think I have to put up. Uh, I do believe I have to put up the show's new new link if I can find it. So you guys hanging out with me if you are. Bear with me while I try and find the new link. And this is the new link. Bear with me, guys. Okay. All right. There we go. Okie doke. All right. I think. Oh, Lordy. Lordy, help me. Lordy, Lordy. Um, I think we're okay. All right, people. If you can hear me, say hello in the chat room or call in 347-677-0699 and let me know you can hear me. Oh, this is not the night for technology. Really, help me. Okay, let's see. I'm not sure I'm here. I'm not sure you guys are here. Okay. Oh, Rusty says we're live. Yay, we're live. Okay. Now, I just have to let everyone know that we are live. You know what? And since we are live and you guys didn't get to hear that song, let me play this for you while I rustle up some people's.
Okay, people, we are back. We really are back. <laughs> so um, I'm seeing from people in the chat room, Linda, I'm hearing the Gokai. Yes, we are back on the air. And uh, hopefully I have spread enough news of the new link that people can click on to um, get reconnect with the show. Uh, I am so sorry, but, you know, we got five more days of retrograde to go. God love us, and let's pray that we all make it out electronically alive. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find Kathy again. Hi, I'm Kathy. Hi. Hi. Hey. Oh, my God, we had such issues. <laughs> but we're back, and we're alive. And we're live. Um, okay, lovely. So now, without further ado, maybe we can get to the show and get to actually have an interview with you. Okay. And you know, the first question for, um, well, wait, no. Before we do that, I don't know if I did this before, because we're, we're um, it's like we're starting all over again. Uh, because we're starting all over again, I want everyone to know that your uh oh uh oh uh oh where's my chat room there we are I want everyone to know your website uh why don't you do me a favor and you tell everyone where your website is okay my website is www.reikihypnosis.com that's it and your email is Kathy Karuna ninety five. At AOL.com, right? Right, and it's Kathy I-E. So it's K-A-T-H-I-E. Yes. Karuna. And so, guys, you can find Kathy at ReikiHypnosis.com. You can find, you can send her an email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, Karuna, K-A-R-U-N-A, like the Reiki, 95 at AOL.com. She's also on Facebook. Uh, I don't know, are you on Twitter and all that other social media stuff, Kathy? No. no, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. <laughs> Smart lady. Um, yeah. My yeah. Facebook page is Reiki Healing from the Heart. Right, Reiki Healing from the Heart. From the heart. I love that. And um, you can find Kathy there. So here's the first question. Kathy, how did you get started on your Reiki journey? How did I get started? Um, it actually started back in 92 when a dear friend of mine, another nurse, had said, let's take, you know, a healing touch workshop, which is um, was developed by Janet Mentick and another nurse, and it was all different healing techniques based a lot on um, Barbara Brennan's work. So I went there. It was a three-day workshop and loved it, you know, and everybody was saying that, you know, well, if you like this, you know, you want to try Reiki. So I said, okay, so find me a teacher. <laughs> And this yeah. was back in 92, and at the time I was living in Louisville, Kentucky, because of my husband's work. So there really wasn't a lot of Reiki around. And what happened also was that um, we had moved there in 1990, and we brought my mother to live with us because she had ALS, Lou Gehrig's, and she really couldn't take care of herself. So I had nurses in my house, occupational therapists, speech therapists, everybody every day. And when I came back from the Healing Touch workshop, I started asking, you know, how do you think I can find, you know, a Reiki teacher? And it turned out that the occupational therapist, Anne, who was seeing my mother all this time, was giving her Reiki every day. Oh, so, wow. 
I know. So I said I was already in my house. So I asked her for, you know, how do I find a teacher? And her teacher was in Florida. So I called her, and she said, I can't come for a few months. And I said, okay. We made the date. And in the interim, my mom passed. And um, obviously, you know, it was, it was very hard to lose her. And three weeks after she passed, I took my first Reiki class, and then I was hooked. Oh, that's how wow. It started. Yeah. That's amazing. So I always say Reiki found me. Yeah. I, I, you know, it does that with a lot of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I would have gotten through without having Reiki, you know, taking care of myself every day, giving myself Reiki every day, just go through that grieving process. Yeah, I mean, I know I went to Reiki uh, for lower back pain and thought it was going for a, don't ask me, I thought it was going for a session, what I had signed up for was a class, and talk about really confused. And I, I went through the level one and thought it was great. And then it wasn't until level two then sitting there and I'm realizing that, well, wait a minute, this is what my grandfather used to do. And then my grandfather came over here from Italy in the early 1900s and um, didn't know from Reiki. But from what my father and my aunt described, he would, you know, people in the neighborhood in Brooklyn would bring their, their babies to him because he had the healing touch. He would hold the baby in his left arm and he would pass his right hand over the child from head to foot. And while he was doing this, he was praying. So it wasn't Reiki, but it was healing, you know, some mm-hmm. kind of energy healing. And he was like, you know, everybody was bringing their babies to Angelo because <laughs> he was the healer in that neighborhood. So and so sitting there like, wow, I think since Grandpa was doing this, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Who knew, you know? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> it was amazing. So that's that's really fantastic. Your mother was getting Reiki. You didn't know, but the nurse was giving mom Reiki anyway. That really is, talk about beautiful synchronicity. Mm -hmm. From the nurse to your mom to you and now your journey and your teaching, it's amazing. Yeah. So aside from that beautiful system of synchronicity, how has Reiki affected your life? How has it affected my life? I like to think of my life before Reiki and after Reiki. It was like very much a new chapter, you know, started. And, you know, I continued my journey. My first teacher was a uh, Reiki Alliance teacher, you know, the Takata lineage. Right. And um, she had said, you have to wait six months. And I said, okay, no problem. So we made the date for six months because to me it was like just a knowing. And I took my Reiki 2 class. And loved that, and I said, okay, so here we are. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm a, a Yankee, you know, and people always huh. let me know that because uh-huh. they used to tease me every time I opened my mouth. You know, they said, uh-huh. oh, you're not from here. So I said, okay, so how do I get myself out there now? And what happened was um, I was guided to go to massage school. So I went to massage school, and that's how I was able to get myself out there because people were more, more open to massage and I would just, you know, say, would you like to try some Reiki? And they loved it. And so anyway, so go back to the question of how it's changed my life. Um, it was it really resonated with me when I took it. So I loved the precepts, the tools for living a compassionate life, for, you know, for guidance. And it really was, like I said, a philosophy that really just resonated. And I started giving myself Reiki every day. I practiced on everybody I could. 
And I didn't really have any intentions to be a master because back then the only people that were teaching were charging $10,000, and I didn't have, you know, $10,000. Wow. um, Yeah. Well, the Reiki Alliance, I believe, still charges that. So I'm not sure. Yeah, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, we come back to New York for the holidays, and I was in touch with my chiropractor, and he said he was a Reiki master. And I was like, wow, you paid $10,000? And he said, no, I didn't. I, you know, was able to find someone that, you know, charged a much more reasonable fee. So he said, would you like to be a Reiki master? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so this was about two years later. And we came up for Easter, and I, you know, went to him. And it was a little less than a day, so I was a little disappointed in the training so I came back and I said to my husband, I don't really feel like a Reiki master, so I just continued on. And then I got a flyer from Laura Gifford, who people probably know as Laura Laurel Gaia, and oh, yeah. she said, yeah, and she said, you know, I have a Reiki class, would you like to take a class? So I contacted her and I said, I took Reiki 1 and 2, but I'm interested, you know, in the master. And I took the Reiki 3, you know, the 3-day class with her in December of 94 and start teaching in 95. And I always, I actually wanted to always be a teacher before I was a nurse, so Reiki really put me where I'm supposed to be, and I got to do what I love, and that's teach. You know what was really funny in my case? When I was young and I was going like have my astrology chart done and I would go visit psychics and, you know, they kept saying to me, you're going to be a teacher. And <laughs> I, would, I would laugh because yeah. I had not, I had not started out you know, on a teaching path, because had I started a teaching path, I would have gone and, and taken education and what have you, but that wasn't the route I went. I had gone into law, and mm-hmm. I, that was my world. I mean, still to today, you know, it's like 40 years working in law, but um, then when I, you know, when, like I said, I, I took the level two, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what grandpa did, I'm supposed to be here. I decided at that point, because, well, even before that, because I went to Reiki for lower back pain. Well, Reiki worked magic because um, three months after my level one class, my darling husband was already gone from the house and the marriage and everything, and I had a lot of property to shovel. And you're talking about a woman who couldn't lift a 30-pound bag of cat food. And, um, you know, the lower back would go if you if you just blew on my lower back. It would go out of alignment. So um, I had shoveled my entire property, the front, the driveway, you're talking about 100 feet wide, 100 feet long, all by my little old self. I stood on my patio that day and looked and said, oh, my God, this is the miracle of Reiki. Everybody has to know about this. (laughs) And that's what pushed me into teacherdom, so to speak. Uh It's like. It's like I have to I have to teach this. I've got to get this I mean, I've got to get the word of this out to the world. This yeah. is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the well, thirst for learning just keeps you going and going oh, yeah. and going. Yeah. And I had been teaching way before that because I started out in intensive care and I would teach my staff, you know, and the doctors there different you know, different methodologies, things like that. And then I was a diabetes nurse educator for a while in private practice. And that's all I did was teach, whether it was teaching patients, teaching groups. So it was just like a very natural leap, you know, and I had worked with Reiki for a good two years. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I had a good feeling about it and good understanding of it, which I think right. really helped. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what's your Reiki lineage, Kathy? What's my Reiki lineage? Well, it started out in the Takata lineage with my first teacher, Karen Patton. And then when I met Laurel, um, then she had told me about the Center for Reiki Training. And when I took the advanced class with her and the master class, I was like, wow, you know so much about Reiki. You know, who's your teacher? It's funny, but we both had the same Reiki 1 and 2 teacher. Oh, wow. And then, and then she um, found William and started with the Center for Reiki Training. And I liked the program, and I really liked what, you know, she had to say and what she knew about Reiki. So I said, well, let me become a center teacher. So I started that path with extra training. Um, I met William in 95 when I took Karuna. So that's why my email is Kathy Karuna 95 because that's when oh, I wow. took Karuna. Yeah, when it was really pretty, you know, brand new. And, you know, I've, I've done that for a while. And then I was always reading, learning, always want to know more. And then in 2011, I took the Shihan class with uh, Hyakuten and Emoto. So, yes, yes, you had we said were, that. We yeah. were in that class together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just this past May, I took Jukaden Reiki with Frank Ojava Petter, Shoda and Nokuten. Mm-hmm. So, that's my lineage. And that goes back to Dr. Hayashi and Mrs. Yamaguchi. Right, right. So, Reiki wow. as it was in Japan in the 1930s. Yeah, and the one thing about Komio that I like, I mean, I, students, when they come to me and I tell them there's a waiting period in between one and two and then two and, and ART and waiting, they're like, what do you mean waiting? I mean, everybody is so used to being just run through a Reiki class like you run flat pasta through a pasta, you know, maker and poof, okay, here's your certificate, go on. I right. never taught like that. I always had waiting periods. I always had, you know, um, students practice and, and all of that. Because, as I say to everybody who comes to me just for the certificate, I'm here to teach Reiki. I'm not here to hand out certificates. That's not what I'm about. Right. And I noticed with Comeo, you know, it's a slow process. Right. Um, going one and two. It takes years to become a Comeo Reiki master. Right. So, uh, and I love Comeo. I think it's great. I, I love, you know, Sensei. He's he's wonderful. He's just a love and the energy and uh yeah, I think it's I think it's a wonderful method of Reiki. There are so many methods of Reiki, Kathy. You can go Reiki crazy. Oh, now. I know. I know. And I love um one of the things that he had taught us was PSS. Place your hands, surrender and smile. Yep. And yep. that's how easy Reiki is. It is. I mean people try and complicate it. Why? It's it's yeah. it's one of the simplest practices that that you can um you know, do. I mean, children can learn Reiki. So, you know, uh, it's very simple. And I feel that I said to someone recently, a client, I said, well, you do know Reiki to me and, and a lot of other people believe the same. Reiki is love. When when you start flowing that Reiki energy, I said, to me, it feels like pure, unconditional love flowing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll see. And I think this was her first Reiki uh, her first Reiki session, and when the when the session was done, she said to me, you know, really, I've, I've never had it, but I agree with you. That's exactly what that energy feels like. It was beautiful. Matter of fact, she sat here for such, you know, such a while after her session. She was, like, feeling the groove so good. <laughs> she didn't yeah. want to move. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's very hard to get off the table after a Reiki session. Exactly. I always yeah. tell everybody to, you know, go slow. And I, I, you know, I don't expect to see them anytime, you know, very quickly because, yeah, yeah 
and get yourself back together again. Um, one thing I'm noticing, though, I don't know if you've noticed this, there are uh, a lot of people who are throwing that Reiki word around, and it's not a good thing. Somebody just said to me the other night that uh, this is a psychic who did a reading for someone. And the guy said to him, uh, well, I I went to this storefront and had a reading. And, and the minute the uh, client said to my friend, I went to the storefront, and my client said, uh-oh, storefront gypsy. And he said, you know, you... Uh, you, she did Reiki. She sold me a Reiki package. Uh, Ten sessions for $115. And the guy said he had a Reiki treatment from her, but she had him lie down on a bed, dropped a bunch of crystals on him, and the treatment lasted all but 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And out the door he went. <laughs> yeah. That's not Reiki. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said, but no. So, like, everybody's, like, I don't know how how to prevent all these charlatans who are like saying they do Reiki and they're fleecing people basically. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's hard sometimes because it's why important it's important for people to know you know what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, with the Japanese styles of Reiki, they have so much more respect for it. You know, they have so much more respect for their lineage. They have so much more respect for how it's done, you know, slow and steady. And then it comes to America, and it's we'll do it two or three times, then we'll change it. Right. Or, you know, you know, I, th- I, think that's the, I think that's the American way, the business way. It is my way. I call it everything in America. They want instant coffee with their Pop-Tarts, and that's America, you yeah. know. Uh, and it's very hard to be practicing a Japanese practice in America where everybody's looking to rush it to have instantaneous fame, instantaneous certification. Um, it's not about all of that. It's about the healing. And another thing that's happening a lot, I'm sure you notice it, it's like everybody wants to, and it's weird because it's not just practitioners, it's even the, the teachers Everybody's whining about, you know, we need a Reiki something association. We need, you know, some kind of organization here in the United States to, to you know, monitor and to put guidelines for Reiki. And my question is, why? If you're a Reiki master or a Reiki master teacher, you have an ethical responsibility to Reiki. You have an ethical responsibility to sensei usui and your own personal sensei to be responsible for kind of like being the guardian of true reiki and true reiki ethics. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I wrong thinking that way or no, what do you but, think you know, about it goes, that? It goes, it goes back to the person. I think that, you know, what I've been teaching for 20 years now and I've taught a lot of people and I know how I've taught. I know what I've said to them and all that and advising, take your time and all this, and people still go out and do, you know, what they do. Yeah, so I don't, I think, it's, do. I think it's, yeah, I think it's in the nature of the person. Yeah, I tell people, ask a lot of questions. If you're going to right. a Reiki practitioner or a Reiki teacher, ask tons of questions because if the person is, Really authentic. They won't tire of your questions. They won't get annoyed. They'll answer all the questions you have for them. 
Right. And, and then that's some. the kind of person, yeah. And that's and the kind some. of person. Mm-hmm. And then some, exactly. That's the kind of person you want to learn from. Not someone who, you know, is just going to give you a little flash in the pan and serve you up on the plate. Well, um, I think I think a piece of the difference there, and I've had this discussion with people before, is that my my opinion is that there are people that do Reiki and there are people that are Reiki. And I think that's the difference. Because if you practice self-Reiki every day, you work with the Reiki precepts, you you become Reiki. You become the and it, the love of the universe. You become the consciousness of the universe, you know, the compassionate person. And that ethics is built into that. But if you're just out there to do it as a technique, you know, or just because you, you've seen it too. There's a lot of people with business cards and they do like 10, 20 different things. Right, right. This kind of healing, that kind of healing, this, that, and the other yeah. thing, and it's like, so, yeah. That's why I said. I, I think you, I don't think we can control that. I think that's in the nature of the person. And right. we can just do the best we can, you know, teaching the respect that we have for this beautiful system. And that's about all we can do. And just, and again, too, once you once you work with Reiki for a long time, you know, you really become it. And that just, yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's, that's in your personality. People get that. Yeah. And then you then you then you attract the people that like to be that way, you know, to come learn from you. I always and it's funny because I just had another student recently. I don't know how many times this has happened to you. You're practicing and teaching way longer than me, so I'm sure it's happened to you a lot. But I, I get a lot of people coming to me that say, Well, I just did my level two but uh, I took level one and two with the same teacher, and I don't feel I got anything from it. So I decided to come and take Reiki with you. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay. So what I do is I I formulate a special class for that person where we do a review of one. So I can see right. what they absorbed, what they were taught, what they retained, right. what they didn't retain. And then we do a full level two with me. And... um. I always make sure my students have a lot of information. I had a student recently. She opened up my folder. I use a two-pocket folder with bunches of handouts and plus a book, a Reiki manual. And she opened the folder and went, wow, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, well, you know, you deserve to know everything there is to know about this level and about how to practice and what's important. Because I've had classes where I got maybe six sheets of handouts in a manual, and see ya. So um, I like to provide my students with enough information and, uh, you know, give them time to absorb. Yeah, and I I like to give them a lot of practice time in class. Yes. Because that makes a big difference. Give them a lot of practice time. And we have a monthly Reiki, Reiki circle to support them afterwards. You know, I always tell you, you can call me after class and things like that. Email me. So I try to stay available as best I can. Uh, yeah, I, tell them, I tell them I'm there for them at any time. It's like it's not like you took your class, you got your certificate, and I don't care if I ever see you again. Yeah. yeah. But that also goes back, Rose, to what I find, again, this is about communicating Reiki and people's expectations because what I have found when people say, you know, I don't think I got it, I think sometimes they think that they're supposed to be blown out of their chair or something when they get Reiki and they're going to have these magical powers. Right. And it's, sometimes it's the expectation of the person. 
So before they come to class, we've had a conversation already. You know, that Reiki is a beautiful, you know, system. It's, you know, about self-care. It's about practicing. And that's the practice is what really builds your energy, not taking more classes. You know, the more you practice on yourself, the more you practice on others, that's what really teaches you. That's true. Every, I mean, you know, everybody has their preconceived notions, but yeah. I, my, my very first student scared the living life out of me because he came, I attuned him, and he said, he went home, and he called me the next day or the day after, and he said to me, I don't feel anything. Yeah. I said, what What are you looking to feel? Right. <laughs> he said, well, my hands don't get hot like yours, and yeah. I don't feel any, I feel nothing. And I called my Reiki master, and I'm like, oh, my God, what what's wrong? And she said, it's not you. Yeah. Oh, thank God. And she said, you know, just tell them to keep practicing, whatever. Went back and I relayed that message to him. I said, look, just keep doing it. Do your precepts every day. Do your meditation, your self-treatment. And and, and thank God, in a week or so, he um, he got it. And he you know, he said to me, oh, now I now I, I feel something and, and I'm okay. And he was a very good Reiki practitioner. He used to help me uh, in a lot of my Reiki circles. And um, he, you know, he went on and then uh, he was okay. But... And then I had two ladies who came to me, signed up for Reiki, took the whole level one class, and they were very happy at the end of the class. And then the following day, I got an email from one of them saying, well, we want our money back, and we don't think we got anything. It wasn't a life-changing experience. Well, yeah, and that goes back to expectations. Well, like so 24 that's... hours, you want a life-changing yeah. experience? Yeah. Yeah, so so that back, that's why it's important to be clear, you know, before what Reiki is. Right. I said to the ladies, I'm really sorry, but, you know, this is very much akin to I'm Home Depot. You came to me. You said, I need all the tools and materials to build a house. I supplied them to you on a truck, and they went home with you, and you paid for them. And now your materials are sitting in your front yard, and your house isn't built because you didn't do anything to build your home. It's not my responsibility. I'm here to help you. But if you do nothing with the tools that I give you, I can't help. Right. So I, I don't know what kind of life-changing experience within 24 hours they were expecting. Most right. definitely, it's a it's a life-transforming experience if you, you know, do your Reiki and you practice it. And like you said, you know, you, you become Reiki. It's It's your life. It's your lifestyle. It's not just something you do. Exactly. Live it. Exactly. And I tell people, you know, it really, it really is about the journey. And this was really brought home to me when a good friend of mine wrote an article, and I read it, and it was like one of those aha moments. And uh-huh. she had written, "When you listen to a song, are you waiting for the last moment of the song, or are you enjoying it as you're listening?" So it's really about the journey. You know, it's about the practice. It's about you know doing Reiki, giving Reiki, the precepts and all that, that's the beauty and that's the growth. Right. Yeah, and it's and, and again it all goes back to don't be looking for instant coffee. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <really? laughs> yeah. Well I like, you know, go ahead. Yeah, and sometimes that's that goes back to also what people expect of Reiki. You know, being a nurse sometimes people expect I'm gonna walk in and cure them. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. 
you know, it's like instantaneous, you know, you know, you're fixed, you're healed. Right, exactly. understand that, yeah. And a lot of people who come to you, they think, um, okay, well, uh, I'm coming for Reiki, you're going to do a session on me, and I'm going to be fine. And it's like, well, no, in your case, you know, you have to have a few. And, uh, you know, one Reiki session is not going to cure a whole lifetime of ills and, you know, whatever the person's been doing not to maintain their health. And then the other is, you know, people come, like you just said, people come thinking Reiki's a miracle, but if they have it set in their own mind, the Reiki practitioner is going to heal me, or it's up to this practitioner to heal me, um, they're not really taking part in their own healing. And that's why Usui Sensei gave his people the Reiki precepts to empower them in their own healing. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody, especially here in the West, it's like I go to a doctor, I take a pill. But Reiki doesn't work like that. Yeah. And it's very hard for people to get their minds around that concept. It's like, what do you mean? You know, I have to actually take part. And, well, you know, he gave us these precepts to live by and to meditate on daily while using the Reiki energy so that we could, you know, have a better personal growth and spiritual growth, which is really the equation for a good life. If you apply, like an old teacher of mine used to say, this is what you do, and you apply, apply, apply. You know, a lot of people don't want to apply. They want to go to somebody, have that person wave a magic wand, and then they're fine again. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, well, this is good. What are the differences about traditional Reiki and Western Reiki? What I think uh, the biggest differences are that traditional or, you know, Japanese Reiki is simple, hands-on, hands-off. They don't get into all this stuff that you have to do. You know, you put your hands on. When it's done, it's done. Um, and I think, too, the the Japanese culture or the Eastern culture, um, it's very much like the Native American culture. They're very connected to their spirituality. So they don't, they just live it. And that comes into the simplicity of, you know, doing Reiki that way. And in the, the, tradi- in the traditional Reiki also, they're not, I, again, just from what I have experienced, they're not as attached to the symbols as we are in the West. You know, when they do raise you, when they do the attunements, they are, you know, giving you, they're attuning you to Reiki, and the symbols are tools. And then also, again, the precepts. We, we probably talked about it, a bunch of this already, but I think it's a lot about the connection to spirit, the simplicity of it, and also, like, we have the distant healing symbol, and we talk about sending Reiki to the past, present, and future, and they don't do that because in their culture, they believe that, you know, you are your past, present, or future. So they send Reiki to you. Well, it kind of makes sense because when you think about it, we see that we're living in the physical now moment. But in actuality, we're living in time dimension. So as we're in the physical moment right now, we're also in our past and future. Right. 
we well, are present, sense. present, and future. Yeah, we are. Because right. we bring our past, you know, with us every day. We're here, present, and we're always projecting into the future. So we are our past, present, and future. So we are one. Right. And, and I think that's a concept that kind of escapes the Western mind somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and again, like I said, the simplicity of it. Yeah, no, yeah there's, because there's not a lot of bells and whistles. No, it's so it, it really, you know, it's so simple. It's unbelievable because people are used to. Well, like I say, I'm on the bandwagon with this country's all about bigger, better, more, and it hasn't gotten anybody anywhere in the last 200 plus years. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like instead of bigger, better, more, smaller. You know, yeah. just less simple and less. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like really. <laughs> and the, they're also very respectful of their teachers and their teachings. Like they're not allowed to ask questions in the Japanese culture of their teacher. Oh, and that's you, interesting. Yeah, and you know, in America, that would never go. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No. So it's, it's a very, it's a very respectful way of living. Now, respect is, is going out the window. It's it's being edged out of society little by little. Someone put up a, a video on Facebook that really, um, I couldn't believe I was watching this. They were It was like a high school age student and they were calling him an indigo child and he, I, he berated his teacher and let her have it as though he was one of, she was one of his contemporaries. It was a total and complete lack of respect. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, and they're putting this on that, oh, well, he's an indigo. So he's superior because, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, that's a teenager having complete and utter lack of respect for someone older than him and someone in a position of a teacher. That's all that is. That's bad mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. But the amount of people who condoned it and applauded that video was a little bit upsetting because if this is the direction we're going in, it's not good. Yeah. You know, you don't applaud, you know, stuff that's disrespectful. And uh, it's just craziness. But, um, well, now you kind of answered this question. How would you explain Reiki? Well, actually, well, you didn't. if I said to you, what is Reiki? I don't know anything about Reiki, but what is it? Well, if you had asked me when I first started Reiki back in, in 1992, I would have said it's a technique for stress reduction and relaxation. But what I have found over the years is that when you really embrace it, it lets you into the depth of what it is. And I really think, you know, that we've come a little, hopefully we've come a little full circle that, you know, I believe now that Reiki, you know, is within all of us. And I tell my students, I'm not giving you anything you don't already have. We're just becoming aware of it. We're just connecting, if you want to call it, connecting to it. So that's one of the things I think have, has changed, what I would say. And basically I'd say it's a, it's a healing practice that promotes balance and well-being in body, mind, and spirit. And Usui Sensei, when he started it, he started it as a spiritual practice, you know, the secret art of inviting happiness the miraculous cure for all diseases. Right. And it was about cultivating peace of mind because he believed that if you heal the mind, you heal the body. Body, mind, soul. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, you know, I, I always say less 
is more so I say it's a healing practice that promotes balance and well-being in body, mind, and spirit. And I like to use the word practice because then I say, you know, well, it's like Tai Chi and like meditation. And there's been a lot of, you know, research now about meditation and how it positively can change and affect, you know, help the brain. Oh, yeah. Meditation yeah. is fantastic. And you don't have to sit in a chair and do it for hours on end. Right. If, you, if you get in, you know, a little bit of meditation in the morning. I like to tell people this. They're like, ah, what, you know, what can it do for me? I said, what can it do for you? You see when your computer's starting to slow down and you can't get to different websites and switch pages back and forth, and, and it's really, really slow. I said, if you meditate in the morning, first thing in the morning, I said, it's kind of like clearing your cache. Meditation clears your mind, and it wipes out all the stuff that you've been going over in your mind all day, all week, whatever, and it, you start on a clean, clear slate. Yeah. And I think that Reiki is a meditation, really, because, you know, again, that, that practice, it brings you to that quiet place, that rich, you know, place inside. And I tell people sometimes, you know, when you when you are sharing Reiki with somebody, it's a meditation you do with somebody else. So Reiki yeah. is, to me, very much a meditation. Yeah, and there are times when I'm doing Reiki and giving someone Reiki, I almost get into a meditative state. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I can feel myself going somewhere and it's like, oh, no, ground, ground, get back here. <laughs> it's uh, it's wonderful. It's that relaxing and it's that clearing for the yeah. mind. And then that, of course, has an effect on the body. Yeah, I mean, there are all these wonderful things. And, you know, they call it breakfast because really anything that I've seen coming out of Japan, especially the martial arts, which was the C-sensei's first uh, passion, they're practicing forever. Right. I mean, they're not all about titles and even karate and the, the colors of the belts. These people practice for years on end and still don't consider themselves top level. That's the whole thing where it's really all about the practice. And I think a lot of times we here in the West we don't see any honor in practicing, whereas in Japan, there's a lot of honor in practicing and right. doing doing this on a daily basis. It's you know that's a part of the component of do your work diligently. I mean, he didn't mean your day job or your night job or where he meant your work and working on self and the work that right. you do on a mm -hmm. daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's part of your personal spiritual growth. Right. And becoming yeah. the best that you can be, you know, max, reaching your potential. Right. Yeah. And and again, too many times people are like, oh, well, I'll go take this um, this transformative life coach packet, manual, whatever, and they'll tell me how to do it. And I'll run through this. And, and once I learn these things, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But if you don't apply it and you really don't need anyone to tell you how to be the best you can be. I think intuitively we know what's good and what's bad for us. We just choose to ignore the things that we know in quotes are bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thinking there's always a rescue remedy. There's always somebody out there with a pill. There's always, you know, something to buy, mm -hmm. something to ingest, something to put on. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way it works. No. And I talk a lot about stress for people. 
and you know that when we have a perceived threat, we have the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So all of our senses are heightened. You know, our body's ready to go and attack and all that. And when you have constant stress, what happens, you know, is the things that you don't need, the gut shuts down, the immune system shuts down. And if you have constant stress, then that's why I think we have more, you know, stomach problems now, more immune system problems. And I tell them that what Reiki does is Reiki helps to um, bring you back into balance. So going back to something you asked me before, how does Reiki heal and things like that, or maybe you didn't ask me, but we talked about it, is uh-huh. I really think it brings us back into balance. And when the person is balanced, like if there's too much stress, it calms it down. If they're empty, it fills them back up. So when you're in that balanced state, then the body can do what it was designed to do, and that's to heal. So it really is the body that's the ultimate healer. We just facilitate the process. So I think Reiki helps to help the body get back into balance. Definitely. That, yeah. Definitely, because yeah, when you're out of balance, you can't function. Um, think of your car. If you have, you know, three good tires and one lousy tire, the car's not balanced. You start to have all kinds of problems, and eventually you have a blowout. Why? The car wasn't balanced. Because mm-hmm. that one weak tire that was, you know, taken strain, it was in stress, and finally it said bye and and blew. So if you liken that to us, human body, you know, if everything's not balanced, something somewhere down the line is going to have a major issue. And yeah. until you work that out and get that balanced, well, you've you've got problems. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that Reiki really is a complementary, meaning that we don't, you know, tell people stop taking the medication, stop doing this or that. Right. It's no. a complementary. So if you have surgery... You have, you know, the surgical work done, and then the Reiki comes in and helps you heal. It brings you back into balance from that trauma. Right, and complementary. One works in hand with the other. Uh, You know, you're doing Reiki and you're seeing your doctor. Chances are, if you keep doing the Reiki, eventually your doctor through tests and what have you, when he sees the different results, if he sees... What was a major issue for you is no longer a, an issue or a problem. You have high numbers or what have you. The doctor will then tell you, you know, you can stop taking this medication. But you only do that if your doctor tells you to, you know, take your pills, right. throw them, flush them down the toilet and say, right. hey, I've got Reiki, I'm charged. That's not for anyone to, you know, make a decision on. If your doctor says, hey, you know, your numbers are looking much better, you can stop, or I can lower your prescription, that's one thing. It works in tandem with. Right. You and know. that's why I don't like the word alternative, because alternative is either or. Right. So I like complementary or integrative, and that's how I explain it to people. It's a complementary modality. Yeah, that is, that's a or good practice. point. Yeah. yeah, very good point, because alternative, a lot of people are assuming well, this is another kind of medicine I can jump to. When really, no, that's not what you want to do. Right. Um, complementary, integrative, yeah, that's fine. Uh, what about the word holistic? What, what about do you it? Think, could you integrate that in those other, you know, descriptions, or should we leave that out of the Reiki totally? No, holistic is very good. Holistic is a very good term. When I went yeah. to nursing school back in the 70s, you know, we learned 
that the person is body, mind, and spirit. So that's a very good way to look at it, too. You could say it's a holistic. It, that's what I said in the beginning, too. It, you know, it balances body, mind, and spirit. And when people come to me for a session, you know, I spend a little bit of time, you know, speaking with them, what, you know, are you here for today? And I explain to them what Reiki is. And I tell them that, you know, you will get what you need. Because some people come in, maybe they have a physical pain or something, but what I find oftentimes is that what they get from Reiki is that deep, deep, deep peace and that deep relaxation, that, you know, clarity of mind. And it's like, it's just like a um, like a spa for their mind or a spa for the day for them. So holistic really is a very good word. And when you talk about, you know, that you're not just your body, you're your emotions and your mind. And in my hypnosis work, what I do is we work a lot with changing the way you think about things because if you change the way you think about things, then you can change how you feel. And if you change how you feel, then you can change your behavior. Right. So holistic is a very good word to use. It's body, mind, and spirit. I mean, I think that's, you know, you can even just mention Deepak Chopra, and I think everybody pretty much knows him and understands, you know, holistic from him, too. Right, and there's, to me, holistic means, like you said, whole, body, mind, spirit, right. the whole thing. And also, to me, the word whole means the whole globe, a wholeness in nature, something that nice. comes mm-hmm. from Gaia, something that's natural. To me, holistic yeah. is kind of, you know, uh, the same as natural. Because you don't want to be doing things that are not natural. Same thing, you don't want to be eating processed food. You don't want to be doing things that are not natural to the body, to the soul, to the mind, you know. And, um, yeah, that's definitely... uh, And sometimes what I explained in my classes or explained to people is that taking, you know, building what you just said, is that if you think, uh, you know, as we're part of nature, we're part of the whole... Everything we need is in nature. The food we eat, the you know, the herbs, you know, the air we breathe, the clothing, all the materials. And nature takes care of itself. I didn't really understand aromatherapy for many years, and finally I went to a lecture, and the person said, well, the plant secretes this oil that heals it. And I was like, duh, that makes sense. Right. So nature has its own way of healing. For instance, like the um, forest fires, that's actually good for a forest when there's a fire because it can regenerate and spread. So when you think about that everything in nature is self-healing, self-promoting, I say, well, if that's true for nature, don't you think that's true for us? And I've been a nurse for many, many years, and it still amazes me how the body can heal itself. So... If the nature can heal itself, well, why can't we heal ourselves? Why don't you think that mechanism is built into us? And then in turn, if we're all part of nature, why can't we share that with someone else? Right. I mean, because we are part of nature, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so that's little... why I think, you know, Reiki is one form of, um, if you want to call it energy, healing energy. I think there's many forms. You don't have to do Reiki to be able to bring in, you know, love and compassion and help other people. When I no, took healing touch, that don't. wasn't Reiki, but that was definitely energy work, and you could feel it and all that. Yeah, so there's, there's many styles or types. Right. It's but a I mindset. You have to, yeah, you have, to, you have to find what works for you. I liked Reiki because it was it was simple. 
Right. And now, I, I don't I don't like a lot of rules and regulations. I like easy. Just put your hands right. on. Why get confused? I mean, one day I've told the story before. I was at a friend's house and I had my right hand. Well, I actually had both hands on the left side of his neck and shoulder, which is where he had pain. And then a friend of his walked in and said, oh, what are you doing? And I explained to him what I was doing. He said, oh, can you only do something for my knee? And it happened to be his left knee. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, okay, sit here. So I kept my right hand on the one guy's uh, left shoulder and neck, and I put my left hand on the other guy's right knee. And I started, you know, Reiki was flowing away. And I'm talking with them, and we're chatting. So the the new guy that walks in, he says, you can do this. You can, like, talk and have a conversation, and the Reiki's still flowing. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's another beautiful part about Reiki. (laughs) It requires no major concentration or effort on the part of the practitioner. No, no. Sometimes um, my... My whole family has Reiki. Um, my my husband and my oldest son were my first students when you know John was nine and my husband was my husband. And then when my youngest Matt was four, in a meditation, I was told he's not too young to start. And I have been giving him Reiki since he was a baby, so he was used to it. So he, my boys are now my boys, my men are now twenty three <laughs> and twenty eight. Yeah, I know, and right? You, you got yeah. men, Jeffy. Yeah, I got men. And sometimes my husband and I are watching TV at night. You know, I have an old injury in my left knee, and everyone, you know, he'll just say, "Oh, you know, can I have you? You know, like give me a leg," and he'll just rake my leg while watching TV. So you know, it, it's very easy, very natural. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I it's, it's weird. I don't know how experience you've had with animals, but I think um, animals instinctively know what Reiki is and how to give it, and oh, they yeah. love to get it. Yeah. Because my last cat, Rascal, the white guy, he uh, used to, <laughs> I swear the cat used to bio and scan my body. He would walk, jump on the couch, and he would walk up and down my body. And then when he'd get to the point where he, he felt there was something, throw himself on my body at that yeah. spot. Just start yeah. transmitting Reiki. I'm like, this cat's amazing. Yeah. I used to do I used to do um, more home visits, and there was one woman that I saw for over a year, and it was because of cancer. And I would go to her house, and I would go upstairs to her bedroom and you know give her Reiki in the bed, because it was just more comfortable for her. And I had to position myself so that I could work around her. Well, she had two uh, Bichons, two cute little dogs, and I was giving her Reiki one day, and the one um, dog had a bad hip. And all of a sudden, I look over, and his hip is, like, right where my hands are near her. And he would position himself so either his hip was touching me or near my hands. Every time I went there, it was the cutest thing. Aw. They know. My my new girl, she likes to jump up on the table. She'll usually position herself somewhere around the feet, the ankles, the legs. (laughs) Like, okay, whatever. I I warn my clients. But uh, Lorinda in the chat room just said, also, not needing to use or... That intention. That's another right. good thing about Reiki. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it. Sometimes I. I was at a um a meditation group one night and I was sitting at the end of a couch next to someone, and my left hand got hot, and I said to the woman next to me, I said, um, can I just you know can I just feel your hand there or something your wrist? And she said, why? I said my my hands are hot, so you must need Reiki, and I just you know I, I felt it on her wrist. 
turns out she had carpal tunnel. She was having problems that night, and I just gave her Reiki. So it was just like, okay, you're here. She needs it. Do it. Exactly. Yeah. So some, I always say, <laughs> this is probably not appropriate to say, but to me it's like mother's milk sometimes, and the baby cries, the milk comes in. Exactly. Yeah. And they so don't sometimes... even have to be near each other. Yeah. 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 And again, that's that's more proof, if you will, that Reiki is such a natural practice. Right. Right. And sometimes they think that because it's such a natural practice, uh, people can't wrap their heads around it, and therefore right. you get into what you don't understand. You fear. Right. Right. So there's there's a certain fear. But I, but I don't understand that I can't wrap my head around it because right. it's please explain a, to me scientifically. Right. Yeah. See, the sad thing is there's not enough scientific research on Reiki validated and documented. And, you know. That, but I also think there's. I think the other piece of that is that there's not a research tool to measure the experience of Reiki. Right. I mean, they're trying to measure the energy. They're trying to, you know, conduct experiments that they've done on quantum physics regarding the waves and the particles, et cetera. But you still can't, you still can't measure, you know, the the effect of it. And it's a holistic experience. Going back to what you said before, it's a holistic experience. Yeah. How do you measure that? How do you? Right. It's very difficult. Now, you could do pain scales. I mean, the people I know that have done research have done pain scales, anxiety studies. They've measured, you know, saliva and things like that, too. Um, But that's only one piece of it. That's like the effects of it, but as a whole, you know, experience, the holistic experience, I don't think think we have the tools yet to understand it. Yeah, it's a very, very tiny piece. Yeah. I always say to my students, I said, you know, germs were here before we had microscopes to see them. Right. So I think it's a lot of it's like measuring, like, what do we, how do you really measure this experience? Really? Yeah. yeah. It's it's very difficult, which makes it, you know, difficult for us. I know lately I'm getting a lot of people who call and say, you know, do you take insurance? I'm like, nope. Uh, because... You know, they're still doing studies and whatever, and I think we're a long way before, um, you know, I wish, they would, I wish they would do that, though, because um, I work with a lot of people getting ready for surgery, like preparing right. their body for surgery and afterwards and all right. that. And two things universally that I have seen is um, the doctors, well, three, the doctors said that you lost less blood than I expected and you healed quicker and for people that are in the hospital, they were out much quicker than they were supposed to be. So, and I, I would think, you know, for research, I think blood would be a great thing to study because if you think of, to me, like life force energy, what carries life force energy but, you know, but blood? Blood. So Reiki, mm-hmm. You know, blood responds very well to Reiki. Yeah. I mean, I, I love these doctors who are, you know, promoting it and saying it's a good thing because, yeah. okay, so if we don't have that many studies, at least we've got doctors who are saying, hey, I'm a doctor, I'm scientific, and it works. I'm telling yeah. you it works. You know, and length I've of stay. Seen... What, Andy? And length of stay. It, it can decrease length of stay because they're healing quicker. 
So right. that's, a, that's a nice piece for the insurance companies to go through. Another thing, too, is friends of mine out in Cleveland, um, they found that there were at this one particular hospital, a lot of people couldn't complete their MRIs because of anxiety, so the hospital was losing a lot of money. Oh, wow. Well, one day, one of the business people from the hospital had to have an MRI, and guess what? You know, she couldn't complete it. So she knew the Reiki people. She called them in. They gave her Reiki, and then she went in and completed the test one, two, three. So Reiki is great for pre-anxiety, any kind of well, testing, sure. pre-surgery, pre-MRIs, and all that stuff, too. So that's why I think a lot of hospitals are starting to use it or you what know, at least people, think about it. What about people who are going for... Uh endoscopies and colonoscopies those are two tests no one looks forward to taking yeah but if they had reiki and they would come down and they would be balanced before the test i'm sure everything would go a lot smoother yeah yeah literally (laughs) (laughs) exactly literally literally yeah god we have a caller let's see who's calling in here Good evening, 909, area code 909. You're on with Kathy and Rose. Hello, Rose. It is April. Hi, April. How are you? Well, I'm better now that um, your show is back on. I don't know what I did earlier. (laughs) It wasn't you. It wasn't you. Rusty and I decided it was Mercury retrograde. God is good. Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad. I'm very glad, and um, thank you for letting me um, speak tonight. I wanted to um, let you know, I don't know, I can't remember how much we we spoke about the whole hair thing with me, but I don't remember if I've ever told you that my hair, according to my doctors, you know, after you, you worked with me a few times, um, they said that along with my attitude and the blog I had started, mm-hmm. um, they've never seen anybody's hair grow back so fast. So I've never really gotten the opportunity to to say thank you live to you, at least to your voice. Um, So I just want to take an opportunity besides apologizing for the show thing, which thank goodness it wasn't my fault. Um, You know, thank you for that. And I don't know. Yeah. And also, did you notice that I had just had a little unexpected uh, procedure? No, I've been a little bit crazy these days. I haven't been following my friends as diligently as I usually do. Well, uh, the the nice thing is that what you had um, kind of taken me through back on, I think it was January 9th or the 10th, yeah. well, I tried to remember some of those techniques and applied it to this unexpected um, situation I had. I went into the doctor with just a tiny little suspicious freckle that didn't look right to me on my chest, just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when you wear a collared shirt and, um, you know, where, where you would wear like a little necklace. Right, right where, right where the necklace, uh, the necklace that I wear is the necklace that my husband bought me because my hair fell out. <laughs> so, Aww. so it was, yeah, so it was. Pardon me. Your husband is such a sweetie. Oh, thank you. I, I'm no, very I lucky to have him. Yeah. Well, so the necklace was covering. I kept it, uh, you know, scratching under this necklace, and I noticed this little tiny, I mean, very minute, very little freckle. Not something you would normally notice and just something said you know get it get it checked it's itchy it's not normal looking get it checked well next thing you know i've never had stitches in my life i had 15 stitches they removed it but you know how i am i didn't want to lose my hair again so 
So I just tried to practice some of the things you, you did with me and you talked me through. And for any of the listeners, I just, that might be skeptical. Um, you know, I'm, I'm living proof that it does work. And um, you have to be accepting of it. If, you, if you're fighting what's being told to you, I don't think anything works in life when you fight it. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm just very appreciative. And I just wanted to let you know that. Well, thank you. I'm I'm so glad we got to to chat, and I'm so glad things are going well for you, and that Reiki helps. And anytime, you know, I'm here for you. Oh, I know because I'm going to be calling you every <laughs> every time <laughs> something happens. Rose, and I'm really in, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying your show. Great, um, I'm glad. It's, it's it, awesome. It, it, I just. It gets better, April. I used to have a complete nervous breakdown five minutes before 9 p.m. Now I'm just slightly, slightly shaky, but you know it's it's so good. <laughs> well, you you are doing an absolutely fabulous job, and your guest is wonderful as well. I'm in, really enjoying the show. So I'll Thank let you guys get back to your to your uh, discussion. I'm gonna log out on the phone, but I'm gonna keep listening. So you guys have right, a great, great night. Thank you, April. Thanks oh, you're welcome. On, Thank April. you. Take okay. Bye bye. So there we are again. We have another testimonial to how wonderful uh, Reiki is. Because, yeah, I remember that with her. She lost a lot of hair. And yeah. she also was a um, host of a show here on Blog Talk uh-huh. and uh, on the Sacred Network. And she used to get herself into such a tizzy before the show. She was having anxiety attacks. Right. She couldn't take it anymore. And I'm like, you know what? If you can't do the show, you can't do the show. Nothing is worth you know, wrecking your health over. Yeah. So yeah. just, you know, chill out and calm down and send a Reiki. And uh, she, she, you know, was doing much better. Yeah. So I have a, I have a hair story I'd like to share. Okay. Um, year, years back, probably about 15 years ago, um, a friend of mine had a client and the woman was going for chemotherapy. And she said to her, um, can you promise me, you know, I want Reiki so I don't lose my hair. So she said to her, you know, I really can't promise you that, so let's see what, you know, what happens. Right. So she lost her hair. But she ended up, you know, she got a wig, and she ended up going to a hairstylist to get the, the wig styled. And it turns out the stylist's sister also had breast cancer. The sister also was in a study, this was years ago, at Duke University, where they were doing bone marrow transplants for women with breast cancer. So this woman who lost her hair met the stylist whose sister was in a study. The woman got into the study, and last I heard, she was doing well. See, so the Reiki great. didn't keep her from losing her hair, but because of that, she got into the right place, you know, for her to heal. So it's kind of uh, like, you know, serendipity, like you go that crooked path to get where you're yeah. supposed to go in the first place. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing that I find sad, I mean, I had a woman come to me one day with, um, she said she had fibro, except it's my occupational hazard that I am a Reiki practitioner and psychic. And psychically, I got, she doesn't have fibro. Mm -hmm. She somehow had attached herself to that disease and had it in her mind, and she was, you know, promoting it and, and saying she had it when that's not what she had. And on the table, I, I was getting crazy because I didn't know what to do to stop her from obsessing about the fibro. 
because mm-hmm. as I'm treating her, you know, you tell people lie there, you know, still whatever. The woman didn't stop talking for, I mean, forever through the whole session constantly. Oh, I have this pain. I have that pain. And now I have a pain here. And oh, I had a pain last week that was at the top of my head and just on and on and on obsessing over the, what she perceived was the issue of the disease of fibro. And I tried multiple times and, you know, I I feel bad because when you have someone like that, that they're obsessing and they can't let go of their perceived disease or whatever. To me, in my mind, I'm saying, oh, this is just never going to work. This is just not going to work because she's, She's not taking part in her healing. She's obsessing over her disease. Right. And it was like it was a train wreck. But you know, you have these things happen from time to time. Yeah. But you know, again, you can say that, but you never know what she got. She may have gone, you know, gone home and had a deeply, you know, relaxing night, or she might have had awareness. She may not have have had the physical results she wanted, but maybe she had something else. I hope so, because unfortunately, I never heard from her again, and I usually follow up with my clients to see how yeah. they are after the after the uh, session, but this was just, we have another caller. Let's see who's calling for Kathy. 516, you're on the air with Rose and Kathy. Hi, it's Yvonne Cook. Hi, Yvonne, how are you? Hey, Good, how are you? Good. <laughs> I've been Hi, listening now. to you. How are you? Good. I'm great, how are you? Good, good. I was just, you know, listening and, um, you know, agree with Kathy. I just wish we could spread this in the hospitals more. Um, in the emergency room, in the operating room, um, in all different areas, it, w- it makes such a difference. Well, believe it or not, it's very, it's um, in a lot more hospitals in Connecticut, New Jersey, and the New England area. It's getting in more New York hospitals. It's very big in Cleveland hospitals. So, there are groups where it is. Right, and there are certain states that yeah. it's definitely more right. prevalent. Right. If we could just spread it more and, and yeah. just work it more and people could just see the effects that it has, you know. Yeah, yeah Hartford, um, Hospital, Hartford Hospital in Connecticut has had a 15-year Reiki volunteer program. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. I would, yeah. you know, I would love yeah. to be able to just work with something like that or just work with Yeah. Okay. Well, a couple of years ago, ladies, I submitted proposals for a free volunteer Reiki program to about seven hospitals here on Long Island. Mm-hmm. One of them, unfortunately, was St. Francis, and I think that was at about the time when... Uh, the, the, the bishops came out, yeah. When, when yeah. the bishops came 2009, out. yeah. It's of the devil! Um, yeah. So that yeah. wasn't such a good move. So I figured, okay, St. Francis, we won't worry about St. Francis, but what about the other guys? And yeah. no one, no one, no one, no one responded. I sent out another letter, and this wasn't an email. This was a formal letter with a proposal behind it and everything done up very professionally. And I sent out letters maybe three weeks afterwards following up. I heard from no Long Island hospital, nothing. It was very sad. It was very disappointing. Um, Well, I, I will tell you one thing, though, being, you know, worked in hospitals, most times it has to come from the inside. Yeah. Somebody working in the hospital, a doctor, yeah. a nurse. Yeah. Well, look at look at Dr. Feldman at Columbia Presbyterian. Oh, I love sister, him. Because his sister had breast cancer, he now yep. allows you know Reiki um, people right. into the OR. Right. Yep. And to work with them before and after. So. Yeah. I I mean I do my small bit you know when I'm in the hospital because I I don't work for the hospital I'm, um, a home care agency in there. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I work on the staff. 
Um, yeah. If I have certain patients that I feel drawn to, especially the cancer patients, I work with them. Um, any and even you know with a long distance Reiki symbol, I you know as soon as I hear that you know code blue or trauma call come in, it, it's not like I even have to think about it. My mind just does some kind of switch, and I mm-hmm. automatically am sending and calling in whoever I work with, and it's just being sent. It's automatic. When I see mm-hmm. on the road, if I'm you know the, the fire trucks go by or an ambulance goes by, it's automatically sent right right there to that patient. That's they're going to or that is in that ambulance and it's working immediately it's just not even any it's just part of my entire being and my life right. and my thought process it doesn't it's not even right. something i have to really think about it automatically just shoots out and yeah. also when you've been you know practicing reiki for a long time you don't have to do anything it's just no. you so no it'll just be around you and they Absolutely. feel that difference yeah that's it yep. as soon as i yep. as soon as i walked into the hospital already i'm sending out the love and healing to everybody that's there, if they're a visitor, if they're a worker, if they're a patient in there, it's automatically sent out to them. Um, and if I obviously, if I see situations or if I see something or I see something off in my mind as far as someone's aura or anything like that, it's it just shoots out of me and it goes right to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way you can really help and let it spread in a ripple effect and and do what you can. And I notice the difference in people's attitudes and the way they mm-hmm. see me or they greet me or they might smile where you know sometimes you see people go by in the halls and it's like they have blinders on and they're just like they go with nothing around them that they're aware of but as but when I practice what I do even walking through the halls all of a sudden you have people looking at you or saying smiling shyly or saying hello or people that normally don't say anything you know right. and you just you just send the love out to them and it just it just ch- changes their vibration because mm-hmm. you're you radiating what you're doing is you're radiating reiki yeah absolutely you're like one big reiki ball of love and light you just send it out and yeah, and yeah. let's hope that it 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 helps somebody else which will then ripple effect to them how they treat their family or friend or or a stranger and just let it keep on spreading out that way yeah mm-hmm. years and years ago we were asked to come into um North Shore Manhasset. One of the one of my friends had been um, friends with the head nurse there in the unit. The same day surgery, so we went in at six thirty in the morning. This is when we we I was um, president of Long Island Reiki Connection way back, and um, so we all went in. Maybe about seven or eight of us. We gave a little presentation on Reiki, and then we just stayed for hours in this same day mm-hmm. surgery. So mm-hmm. we had nurses come in, doctors come in, anesthesiologists come in, some patients here and there. Um, what do you call it? maintenance, housekeeping, all these people all day. Mm-hmm. And then we finished and we let it go. Two weeks later, we got a note from the head nurse, and she said, you have no idea what you did for us that day. This whole unit was bickering. People were yeah. burnt out. Yeah. We were depressed. Absolutely. And after, you you know, all the people got Reiki that day, yeah. everybody's yeah. happy, yeah. everybody's years, back to that. So Yeah, years ago, yeah. Um, they because I did Reiki on the staff, so people knew what I did, mm-hmm. uh, and they saw the effect on how it helped them while they were right. working or whatever, or how they felt. Um, they asked me if I was willing. They had Nurses Appreciation Day, and right. they had mm-hmm. several different things. And they asked, "Would you be willing to do that?" I said, "Absolutely." And I went, and people that knew nothing about Reiki would come over, and everyone had a positive thing to say about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing. I've done a lot of Nurse Appreciation Days. Yeah, or health fairs. I, I, Right. I got to tell you guys, this year for Nurse Appreciation Day, I was offering free Reiki sessions to nurses. And I came. And you came, Yvonne. But you know, nurses <laughs> are so giving and giving and giving. Yvonne was the only nurse who came. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said, you know, I got to treat myself, so I'm going to take her up on her offer. Come on, people, free Reiki. You guys need it more than anybody I know. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Well, Yvonne, do you want to hang out with us? I have one more call I want to take before I have to sign off here. Sure, sure. Okay, you can hang. Ah, let's see. Where am I? I lost my caller. No, I didn't. Good evening, 718. You're on the air with Rose and Kathy. Hey, Rose. How are you? Hello, Joseph. How are you? I'm very well. I'm listening to your program, and I'm even better. It's just been so inspiring, as always. And I want to say to your guests, I love her voice. You know, I I am the psychic that you spoke about that talked about that boy that went to that bougie, wakey, psychic, whatever, and I wasn't too happy about that. But I just wanted to say she reminds me so much of this dear nurse friend of mine who retired this year and who was like the mother of all nurses at New York Hospital of Queens that I belonged to for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Listening to Kathy's voice, she sounds just like this wonderful nurse, and I know that she is a caring, loving nurse, human being, Reiki master, whatever she does, that she really is the real deal, and she does it from her heart. And I can just feel her beautiful energy, and I want to salute your divinity, Kathy, and commend your spirit, and just keep up the good work. We need Thank people you. like you. I hope you're not retired yet. I mean, you do oh, very well. No, 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 not for a long time, no. <laughs> we need nurses like you. You know, yeah. I'm one of Rose's students, and I'm a minister, medium, psychic for all my life which is many years, I won't tell you how many years, it's a long time. But I always prayed all my life, and lately, the last few years, my prayers I do every day for nurses and all hospital personnel, because, you know, you guys are the backbone of the medical field. Thank you. I always tell my doctors, and, and they agree, most of them are not, you know, so egocentric. They will admit, I mean, the nurses are their right hands. They study medicine, but they haven't a clue about things sometimes, these doctors, especially these young women and men that come aboard. But the nurses run the hospitals and the clinics. I mean, really, you're a godsend. You guys are a godsend. I love you guys, and you're in my prayers constantly. Thank and you. Rose, I love your show. I love you. We're friends forever. And, uh, and you would love Kathy. If you met Kathy in person. <laughs> well, I hear it in her voice. I love her. Right. I want to give her a big her. hug. She's a beautiful, beautiful a energy. beautiful soul. A beautiful yeah. child of God and goddess. She's a beautiful soul. And all your people that you have on your show, they're all wonderful workers of light. And I'm just so in awe and honored to listen to your show every week. So keep up the good work. I'll continue to listen and have a wonderful weekend, guys. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye. Good night, Joseph. Good night. Okay. Yeah, he reminded me of something. Your voice. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of your voice, (laughs) if you go to Kathy's website, I did this like a while ago, and it blew me away. If you go to Kathy's website, ReikiHypnosis.com, you will find there's a free 22-minute guided meditation, beginning relaxation. It's on the services page, and you'll find the MP3 there. I'm telling you, I did that meditation, Kathy, and it took me to another, it took me to a whole other place that was just so wonderful to be in. I was like, Wow, you know, and I've been wanting to tell you that that meditation is fantastic, and your voice is so good that it just, you know, you just go out there. So, thank you. Go to the website. There's also um, you can download, print, and share Kathy's articles 
uh, over there. They were written to be a resource for Reiki practitioners and teachers. And where do they find those articles? Do you have a, a tab that's yeah, articles? Yeah, tab says, tab says articles, yeah. Okay, and they don't need any kind of code or anything. Just go to the articles yeah. there. Just click it on and print it out, yeah. yeah and you don't, have to, you don't have to contact me for permission. You can just, you know, download them. That's great. I, I have to tell you, um, it's like I read your article. I used a lot of it in my show for PTSD. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know until I read your article that I was a PTSD sufferer myself. Yeah. It's more. It's so not just the military. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that you outlined in that article, I'm like, Oh, dear God, I've gone through that for, like, years. It was, like, one trauma after another after mm-hmm. another. And I kept saying to depression and everything, I just kept – one thing about my family that we got from uh, my grandmother, God bless her soul, was that we're pushers. And we're like, I just got to get through this. I just got to push it. I just got to push myself <laughs> a little more. <laughs> Did you come from a family of pushers? <laughs> oh, yeah. And we just keep forging ahead. And it's like, you know, can what's happening with us? We don't know. All we know is we have to focus and plow through. Just keep going. Keep going. Right. But right. you have no idea what doing that is doing to your body, is doing right. to your right. your body, mind, and soul. You're killing yourself. Right. And That's that I, constant stress, yeah. Your article hit me like a brick wall. I'm like, my God, I went through all of that, but I didn't know I was going through all of that. Now yeah. here I am, and how did I make it here? Yeah. Well, here on Long Island, we had Hurricane Sandy. A lot uh, of people had PTSD after that, especially like the FEMA workers. Yeah. We went to do some Reiki for the FEMA workers one day, and when um, some of them just cried when they got yeah. the Reiki because you know they they from November 1st until I think we we did it in April. They were up here away from their families, going into seeing all the ruins of Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, any, you know, firemen, policemen, you know, social workers, people that see the horrors of life all the time. Yeah, it's very, it's very intense. I mean, there are people yeah. who, you know, they have good compassionate hearts and they're, they're strong character to start out with. And they're like a rock. They're good when it comes to having others depend on them. But again, uh, who takes care of the ones that others depend upon? And right. I'm on this crusade lately where I'm I'm constantly posting and telling um, healing practitioners, look, okay to take care of yourself. We all picked up along the years that to want to take care of yourself and to keep yourself in good body, mind, and soul, good physical condition, mental, emotional, spiritual condition, it's selfish. Well, if it's coming purely from ego, yes, but if it's coming from a good place and if it's coming from, you know, I have to honor myself in being whole in order to help those that I'm here to serve and help, it's okay. I have to be whole. Otherwise, I can't help anyone else. Well, the best example is when you're on an airplane and the oxygen comes down. What do they all tell you? Put the oxygen on you first. You first, right. You can't help you, from your emptiness. You can only help from your fullness. Exactly. And people keep losing sight of that. And, and I know, you know, the people who do the kind of work we do are the first ones to lose sight of it because 
you know, somebody needs help, the first first initial reaction is, I'm going. Well, are you okay? You know, maybe today you don't feel so well, so maybe you shouldn't be going. So it's more focus on the self. You know, like I teach my students, you know, if you're not a full picture of water, you can't help anyone else by giving them a drink because you're empty. Yeah. You know, if you got to leave the house quickly, you need a full tank of gas. And when I teach my nurses, I focus on self-care. Right. We spend a lot of time on self-care, self-reiki. Huge. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, yes, Linda just put, if your cup is empty, you can't help. Fill your cup and be better at what you do. Yep. Yep. So I just got the 90-second 90 um, 90 reminder, and this time it's correct. <laughs> not just, we're not just starting out the show. Yeah. I'm so glad, Kathy, that uh, we got to have you on this evening, and I'm honored that you were a guest of mine. I've been looking thank forward for, to this. Thank you for asking me. Oh, yeah. I've been looking forward to this for a while. And um, we definitely will have you back again. And uh, thanks to everyone listening. And, again, everybody, uh, if you know someone who wants to hear the show who couldn't hear it live, just have them click on the link, and they can listen to it in the archives. Thank you very much, Kathy. Take care. Have a beautiful weekend. You too, And everybody else, thank you for listening. Have a lovely weekend. And we'll see you next week with Brett Breville. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye.